as unique as every single fingerprint. This idea that there are these conditions and some people have these conditions, everybody has a condition. And we're gonna come to find out that everybody's just fucking unique and beautiful in their own way. The amazing thing about the mushrooms is that they speak. They talk to you. They will answer questions, carry on conversations. Psilocybin just pulls up a chair on the porch and puts its feet up. Welcome to Psilocybin Sus. In this first installment of a new series, Eric and Courtney explore the spectrum of analytical and intuitive approaches that one might embody in facilitation. Human personality naturally defies category, and that makes this space fascinating. What enters your mind when you think about where you and others might locate in the multidimensional spectrum of facilitation? Courtney and Eric start the ball rolling here, so let your perspective help color in the picture in the comments. You're listening to Psilocybin Says. To support it, subscribe on YouTube and podcasts, and stay connected on Instagram and TikTok. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Psilocybin Says. You know us. Hey. We know a lot of you, and that feels really good to have a community of listeners out there. Yeah. Those that we don't know, get to know us. Look, Look us up in the old social media, the YouTube channel. Uh, we like to engage in the comments there. We had some great comments on the last video. Thanks for that. Yeah, we did. That was a great little little conversation. I appreciate those of you who commented. It'd be cool to have like a another live hangout type of yeah, for thing sure. for also, our listeners. I just want to say that I appreciate the people who recognize that I'm not a conspiracy right-wing conspiracy theorist just because I'm questioning some of the narrative. Um, you know, I do want to continue to question narratives for sure, while not diving off into some crazy reptilians have taken over the government and infiltrated our religious organizations. Yeah, but not, they might have. not publicly. They anyway. might have. I mean, I don't, I'm not saying they haven't. I'm definitely not saying they have. Anyway, yeah, it's fun to you know tiptoe on the <laughs> yeah. on the leading edge yeah. of the rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which this is a, a rabbit hole we're about to go down. Um, we are wanting to do another three part series on facilitation. Uh, pretty unique perspective i think yeah, on, you, on this Go if ahead. you haven't if you haven't checked out our three-part series on uh eating mushrooms um at home is what we i think titled it but it's mm. a three-part series on preparing for your mushroom dose uh what to expect during your mushroom dose and what to expect after your mushroom dose definitely check that out uh, if you haven't yet so mm. yay for series yay, yay. and in this one today particularly we're gonna be covering uh, the spectrum of psychedelic facilitators. Uh, as Courtney and I were talking about this, kind of reflecting on it as uh, if there's two two poles here that we're bouncing between. One is the role of therapist or psychiatrist, the psychological, more material um, perspective. Uh, you know, thinking about brain chemistry and personal history and all that kind of really uh, historical, material based perspective and then the complete other end which uh, has often been called shamanism neo shamanism um, energy work I don't know it's hard it's hard for me anyway to really come up with concise descriptive language because it is such a spectrum and there is um, there's just not a lot of uh, a lot of great language that we have for this particularly because shamanism uh, is such a horribly misappropriated word the origin of the word shaman is from one specific tribe um, in Siberia, I believe, the Tungus tribe, who were actually mushroom shaman. They worked with the Amanita muscaria. Oh, look, I'm wearing my hey, Amanita muscaria. Hey, look at you. From, uh, yeah. Uh, like you were prepared for this little I'm moment. Always prepared for the weird. Uh, so anyway, facilitation. Mm. Yeah, I have a feeling we're going to be teasing this out throughout this episode for, you know, us in- individually. For sure. Um, I have like way more questions, honestly, than answers, I think. Um, Like even you just said that therapy tends to be more historical based or, or what term did you use? Therapy or psychiatry, psychiatry, psychological, whatever the medical kind of licensure type Mm -hmm. of descriptor of uh, facilitating. Um, And also like when you were talking about the more energy working side, spiritual realm side, it brought up for me that a lot of that is still 
a lot of that work is historical based. I mean, there's a lot of like past life mm-hmm. type of mm-hmm. regression type I mean, of past life. Like that's some very, you know, it's spiritual historical. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> all right. Yeah. 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 I'm talking about Western centered around the brain and your memories and your personal experience, the yeah. traumas that you face. The you things know, we can, thing. we can like poke at with a yeah. knife yeah. and well, like, you know, we can study an organ. Uh, we there, can dissect that physical realm. It's like kind of a very physical realm. More so. And even the non-physical, the, the memories and that kind of stuff, um, it is still grounded in a 3D type of experience. Whereas this mm-hmm. other end of the spectrum, the spiritual world, um, is more phenomenological. It is... It it trends more towards the ineffable, whereas, you know, psychology, psychiatry, therapy is very much about putting words to the feelings, mm-hmm. you know. I don't know that that's the case with the other, so. Mm-hmm. What about you? Are you a shaman or are you a therapist? <laughs> wow. Uh, I oscillate between, I'm definitely not a therapist, um, like, I'm not a licensed therapist, that's for sure. Nor am I a taught energy worker. Um, I have no real training. I guess that's not true. That's not true. That's not true. Don't discredit yourself, Courtney. You do have training. Come on. Um, Yeah. So, well, I went to school for public health education and I did get education and certifications and like wellness coaching, which Mm -hmm. is kind of a happy blend between the two. Uh, really, there's a lot of um, tapping into things you can't really describe or put words to uh, in at least the type of wellness coaching that I was trained in. There's different like mm-hmm. models, mm-hmm. but um, it's like a blend of looking at logically what you want in your life and then the in-between of like how you feel and like intuition, utilizing your intuition uh, to set goals and, you know, to move forward Mm -hmm. from like a stuckness Mm -hmm. uh, type of thing. There's a lot of talk about intuition Mm -hmm. um, and that works. So about uh, ancestors and spirits and aliens, interdimensionals. Uh, again, depends on what wellness coaching well, freaking institution. You and I, I, I think it's important. I think it's important here <laughs> for any the accredited ones, any therapists or shamans, self-proclaimed shamans, or anybody that's listening to this. There's not a box that any of these folks fit into necessarily, right? So we're not trying to lump anybody into a single category. We're not trying to make assumptions about, you know, whatever role someone's in how that plays out there's tons of crossover here it is a spectrum um but we are trying to there there does seem to be kind of like a gravitation towards one camp or the other in a lot of cases yeah yeah this is this is certainly not a conversation about which one is better um unless you're talking uh, about my way (laughs) (laughs) yeah same Uh, no, but with you know psychedelics enter, entering into the world of psychotherapy, uh, it's an important conversation to have because historically psychedelics have been purely in the world of shamanism. You know, that's that's where we got the term shaman, right? So, um, yeah. So, yeah, I want to hear you talk a little bit more about your experience working with facilitators since you've trained so many facilitators to work in the mushroom space or you know maybe not trained or whatever kind of like guided and and helped um what's your experience been overall like do you find that um do you see a trend that in people that come to wanting to facilitate in the mushroom space leaning one way or the other Mm. what's your experience there in the last 10 years. Well, it's probably skewed because we tend to attract similar, mm-hmm. right? Uh, yeah, people come to work with you. So, knowing yeah, people, your people way. that hear how I work are drawn to that, and people who hear how I work are not drawn to that. They don't come around, come mm-hmm. to it. Um, 
And so, I don't know. I think that I see a lot in, you know, my LinkedIn is very psychedelic and uh, I see a lot of you know, psychotherapeutic approach, a lot of reference to science, a lot of reference to trauma recovery and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, a good number of therapists that I've worked with um, have, after their own experiences and working with people in the space, tend to move a little more towards the spiritual perspective. Um, I think it's kind of hard not to, uh, as we we're saying, you know, they got this very, this world that's very descriptive and language based of psychology and therapy. And then you've got this world that's ineffable and you can't put words to it. Um, and that the, the mushrooms, like that's one of the chief characteristics of psychedelics is that they produce this ineffable experience. So that tends to move you towards the spiritual side where it gets really interesting is when people start to experience um, supernatural phenomena. Um, I'm starting to get away from that word too because it's not actually supernatural. It's natural. Uh, It's just not, we're just not accustomed to those experiences necessarily or or ways to interpret them. So um, yeah, most people tend to over time gravitate into the the spiritual, and that's where I think it's going to be really interesting to watch the entire field of therapy transition uh, as more folks have these psychedelic experiences. I don't see any way but for it to move towards the the spiritual perspective, the metaphysical perspective. Mm-hmm. Zooming out a little bit. Zoop. Uh, it's interesting to notice like the oscillation of, uh, on that spectrum over time. So, I mean, like how, how long ago, when was like mental health kind of like becoming more commonly, Oh God! when was that like less stigmatized? Uh, when last year, no, <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, like the the practice of going to a therapist. Yeah, like, no, when did like, that begin? Like the seventies or the sixties? Even nine, not even like in the eighties. You started to hear it yeah. publicly talked about. There were therapists and psychotherapists in the fifties and sixties and whatnot. And I think Freud was like what in the twenties, maybe. Uh-huh. I think so. You know, just call it the nineteen hundreds. It's been kind of the slow unveiling, uh, or you know, acclimatization, acclimatization towards, uh, you know, therapy and trying to manage our mental health, even acknowledging that mental health. I was thinking about this last night. I am so confident that we are eventually going to scientifically come to describe every human being as neurodivergent. You know, like mm. everybody, we were talking about this a little bit, you know, last night with Amy and, um, and just, I just, this idea that there is, there are these conditions and some people have these conditions. Everybody has a condition period. And we're going to come to find out, we're going to come to describe the human brain, every single human brain as unique as every single fingerprint. And so I'm really trying to, I, I love mo- moving towards this idea of neurodivergent, but even that isn't proper because it indicates that there's an abnormality, Mm -hmm. right? Right. So neurospecific or unique or whatever, but uh, that's something that it hit me really hard last night. Like, oh, wow. And this evolution of exploring the concept of mental health, you know, as we can, we pathologize stuff and then we'd say, okay, well then maybe this isn't a pathology. Like homosexuality was considered a Mm -hmm. fucking mental health pathology, you know? Um, we're going to come to find out that everybody's just fucking unique and beautiful in their own way. That's my belief anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess it's, uh, I guess I'm trying to like point out, like it feels like when we're in the midst of um, something like a time that is confusing and like, uh, 
like if you've been in the world of psychedelics, like professional psych- psychedelic world, mm-hmm. which is brand new, mm-hmm. like, you know, in the last five mm-hmm. years, really, has it really become a field sure. at all? Sure. Even then, it's still like a brand new newborn there baby. There are so many experts. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. But when you've been doing the work like you've been doing for like 15 plus years, you know, con- consistently doing the work with people, so many people, and you've been in it for that long, and you see, uh, quote unquote, experts coming out who have, you know, had a couple mushroom trips and they're excited to start mm. facilitating for people, yet they're talking like, you know, they know everything already because they ate mushrooms twice. Here's how mushrooms work. Held space for one person. Um it it can be frustrating and like in with any profession when you when you see when you were one of the first people in the profession to kind of mm. like in these times or whatever to get it started. I mean it can feel a little frustrating to see I think like this, the ugly evolution process. Hmm. Um, I mean, I've witnessed that. Yeah. Uh, I want anyway. I'm really wanting to move away from the frustration though. I'm really, I'm consciously doing that right. and just like accepting. It's like my child, as my child learns to walk, I'm not like you fucking moron. Why aren't you walking at six months now? Right? Sure. Um, and there's just the reality that I continue to see how little I know, how much I have to learn um, in this space and in life in general. So, uh, yeah, I just want to be, I, I have been frustrated and critical. Um, but that's really more of a reflection of myself than it is on anybody else. And so as I, we did a whole podcast episode on that, didn't we? I don't fucking know. <laughs> Nah, but we are you're apologizing to oh, yeah. all the <laughs> researchers and and all <laughs> yeah yeah well i mean yeah anyway i'm going to that but it's just an evolution yeah and that's like that is the beauty of being able to take notes and pass them on to future generations like the study of history is being able to see like oh wait like we've actually come a long way mm. even though it feels like we've lost a lot of information mm-hmm. or we've gone, a, gone astray or, you know, feel like there's a lot of that talk right now too mm-hmm. about where we're at in society. And, you know, I, just, I want to say this because it's real, it's relative to this topic. And, um, uh, but like, I think, I think where I'm starting to have an opening in myself that allows me to be less judgmental and frustrated. Um, there's a member, um, who is a, a member of sanctuary who is a medical professional, this individual is very science-based, of course, and um, he is uh, really involved and seems very interested in a lot of the conversations we have, and he also shares his perspective when it differs and whatnot. And I don't know what happened, but after a minister training the other night uh, that he was on, after we came away, I realized how insecure I feel when there's someone from that field there but the reason is that I've in, that I've felt insecure is because I haven't considered myself a scientist or a researcher um, because I don't write shit down. But I am very much practicing real science in the psychedelic space because I am going in, observing lots of data over long periods of time, coming up with theories, testing them. You know, just because I'm mm-hmm. not writing it down, putting in a spreadsheet, you know, having my scientific process fully described out in an outline doesn't mean that I'm not practicing science. And so there was just, I don't know what the switch was that flipped. I think it's just that I see him respecting my perspective and that he doesn't always agree with it or doesn't understand it, but he respects it because he can tell that I'm experienced. Um, and I think that he sees me doing science even though I haven't seen and I could be completely projecting and I don't really care because it helps me feel better about myself and place in this world. Um, but it just kind of, it, it, it's, it's, it speaks to just like you were saying, valuing yourself and acknowledging yourself. And that's just something that over the years I have not done. I've looked for a lot of external validation from these scientists and whatnot. And I'm starting to realize that I am very much a, scientist of the psychedelic yeah. space yeah i mean we all can be scientists really well um, just like our book we've talked about science versus scientism you know like there is a there there are folks out there that 
have a belief and then they just apply that belief and that perspective onto the subject matter rather than allowing the subject matter and the experience and the exploration of that subject matter inform their beliefs. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I, I know that I continue to try to do. Um, so, yeah. So in like in the minister training, um, I think it's in the friends and family minister training where we're educating our ministers on um, best practices and holding space for their loved ones. Mm-hmm. There is a whole chapter kind of touching on this, right? Uh, what, ta- the supernatural? Talking or? about the different modalities uh, that exist today in modern times, like this year. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. evolving so quickly. But um, as far as approaches, there's the clinical approach to holding space. Mm-hmm. And then there's the like more traditional in- indigenous mm-hmm. um, ways of holding space. And if I'm remembering correctly, there's like a kind of like pros and cons um well there's a perspective perspectives from each yeah Uh, but the training and the educated materials definitely uh trend more towards the supernatural um just because that's just been my experience and i want to prepare people for that as much as i can you know and i I do wonder what's going to happen or how it's going to unfold when in these clinics where we're having people having psilocybin experiences when someone when like telepathy occurs or when um like entities are encountered um how how that's all gonna be interpreted and possibly even shift the perspectives again it comes down to this whether or not the um, institutions will apply their predetermined um theories you know or predetermined perspective onto the experience or whether they will allow the experience to um, cause them to question their understanding you know Hmm. yeah so I guess I do want to talk a little bit about the 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 perspectives of on the spectrum because it is a spectrum it's not black and white it's not like you're one or the other. Mm-hmm. You're either a mm-hmm. therapist or you're a energetic healer, mm-hmm. uh, however you want to call it. So like, and I don't even like like pros and cons. No. Um, but how each are helpful or not mm-hmm. helpful, but uh, do, you, do you get what contribute, I'm trying to say? Uh, just contribute like, or detract. Yeah. Um, yeah. For sure. I mean, like just thinking about like, memories and historical experiences of trauma and classical western therapy is you sit down and you talk about these experiences and that can very much serve a purpose Uh, i have spent thousands of hours with people talking about letting them talk about their historical trauma family friends whatever it is relationships you name it you know there's all kinds um, military, PTSD, and just the stuff that people experience. But this is where people come to the realization that therapy only goes so far. Because you can talk and you can talk and you can talk about all things. You can remember them and you can you know, try to pick them apart and understand their origin. But then what? We see that that's limited and we that's why psychedelics are you know, spoken of as 10, 20 years in therapy in one night, which is not always the case. Can be, but not always. Um, Because after you go past that place of language is where real release occurs. You know, we spend the entirety of our lives, everything I'm looking at right now, I'm immediately thinking of a name for it, right? Putting it into some kind of a box and therefore immediately limiting it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, talking about the occurrences can move us toward experiencing the energy right but it's in allowing that that energy that is kind of almost held back by the language to mm-hmm. release through this nonverbal ineffable experience is when massive massive progress is made so you know i think the western therapy 
is an incredible way to open the door to the metaphysical experience. Um, and then once you get in there, this is where I believe it really, really requires or greatly benefits from working with someone who has spent a lot of time in that non-descriptive place, you know. And the other two parts of this series that we're going to be talking about, one is whether or not facilitators should be dosing alongside of their clients or people that they're working with. Uh, and then the other is whether or not facilitators should be dosing at all, having a personal practice and what that should look like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because, because and this, this is why, because eventually if you're working with someone, you're going to get to that place where the words don't work, but that doesn't mean that you are no longer able to be of assistance, mm-hmm. right? What I've found, you're talking about training facilitators and whatnot, working with folks, um, <clears throat> especially as we do these online Zoom trainings and we're getting ready to have this uh, collective of ministers come together and dose together, I am exceedingly confident that I we will be able to facilitate much deeper understanding, sharing that space together without words than we ever could with these, you know, uh, written curriculums or verbal trainings. I can, I've seen it. I've seen people that I've worked with who came into the space completely brand new, me be able to, or not even me, just for there to be the ability to transfer information Mm -hmm. from field to field, from, Mm -hmm. from, quantum system to quantum system without any language that is magical that is it's incredible um you mean like in the mushroom space yes uh specifically okay yeah Yeah, like when i'm working with a facilitator Mm -hmm. i can talk and talk and talk about a phenomenon and things that you experience but when you get in there and you're not talking and you're experiencing and through one individual's consciousness influences another individual's consciousness sure and so to be able to help expand consciousness for individuals without saying a word, mm-hmm. like that's the next level of this. And that's why I believe that, uh, spoiler alert, <laughs> uh, long-term facilitators who are looking to serve in this role of um, mystical, not therapist, counselor, whatever, uh, definitely need to be working with the sacrament, with these sacred medicines uh, in their own personal practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's so much. There's so much there. Well, I mean, um, for yourself, you know, you've had, you've had a fair amount of experience and um, you came from this more classically trained wellness coaching uh, world and you didn't grow up necessarily in a highly spiritualized environment. And so I'm curious how your perspective going into the mushroom space originally, you know, after those university trainings, how that has evolved having had your own experiences and see being in the presence of, you know, group experiences where weird stuff happens. Mm-hmm. Well... As I'm reflecting on it. So I've talked about this quite a bit that I grew up ice skating competitively. And when I reflect back on that, you know, there was, there was really no, no textbook for that. There was Mm. never a time where someone was like, sit down, not never, maybe Mm. like a few times, but over the course of from the time I was six years old to 19, maybe several times practicing, you know, five, six days a week ice skating. Did someone say read about how to do a triple no sow cow or right. whatever? That's no. That's the weirdest name. <laughs> I know. Sow cow. No. It was completely 100% experiential. 100%. It was like, I mean, that was my, 
that was really, that's been, that has set the foundation for like me going into college and learning. It was very challenging for me to learn. It has been my whole life to, to read and mm. obtain information. I'm like a kinesthetic learner. I have to like move and talk mm-hmm. out loud when I'm reading to retain information. Um, so it makes all the sense in the world to me. Like it, it has since I can remember that you know, textbook learning is not, it doesn't come close to like actually having the experience. Mm -hmm. I think I'm sure everyone can relate when it's like talking about sex versus having sex, (laughs) like completely different experience, (laughs) like completely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, and not that there's, I haven't recognized the value in recording uh, information and learning from other people in that way because I do really enjoy reading. Mm-hmm. Um, like the older I've gotten, I've enjoyed learning in that way. And um, But yeah, as far as like the spiritual realm, like with the, my first mushroom experience, uh if that it just blew my mind i i yeah i i never had any kind of uh spiritual um framework really to work right. from um so and like even in this it's funny because we're talking about talking about like the spectrum of talking about and analyzing the history of an experience and talking about it versus like, you know, just being mm-hmm. in the space and experiencing it. I was like, we're talking about it now. It's so like kind of hard to, <laughs> should we just like put our microphones down? Cause I feel like the more we talk about it, the more I'm like, I don't know if we're, <laughs> should we just, <laughs> yeah, let's just, <laughs> <laughs> let's just be with you all there's an irony there for sure for the next 30 minutes see what information we can transfer <laughs> not say anything <laughs> um i mean you're the first trip you had you had that girl that you were with and went into a weird loop and i mean did you see that as like a yeah like a psychological experience did you see that how did you so, interpret that um how did I interpret that? Oh, not a spiritual experience. I didn't think that was a spiritual experience. I I guess I felt like mentally, I was thinking more in terms of like a mental experience. Mm-hmm. Uh these thoughts that are repetitive for her are just playing out mm-hmm. in real time, but I didn't think about like her higher self being involved or any other forces or chakras being there or yeah. Like anything outside of like her immediate physical space, right. uh, wasn't thinking at all about that. Right. Um, and even still it, it, for me, it takes usually somebody in my presence to kind of like flip the switch of talking about um, other realms and dimensions and other beings that exist here with us that we may not be able to see, you know, having someone else kind of bring that conversation in for me to remember like Mm. these like waking ups that happened for me. So can you look back at that experience now and apply a spiritual lens to it in any way? Uh, I would say that, um, in the way of when I think about that person's evolution throughout their time as a being, Mm -hmm. like outside of this life and like that big zooming out perspective, uh, combined with the fact that the mushrooms that we ate were like mushrooms that you grew uh, most likely me not knowing you at the time and that experience like 
kind of leading me to hold off eating mushrooms till again, till I met you. Like, I don't know that. Yes. There's, there's a spiritual perspective there, like a, in the sense of something so much bigger that I can't comprehend, Mm -hmm. um, type of way, but yeah, that's about it. There's something there too, like that brings up for me in my evolution of practicing with the mushroom and being able to go into the experience, letting go of the mental Mm -hmm. in order to have the experience. I feel like I had a number of experiences with the mushroom where I had to be reminded of that. Like, remember this isn't a space to analyze. This isn't a space to Mm -hmm. think this is a space to experience and let go and feel. Mm-hmm. And so now when I go into a mushroom experience, I go in, I feel myself mentally, like in the hours leading up to eating mushrooms. Now my, it's like my frontal lobe already starts to shut off. Mm. Like I, I start going into the spiritual realm before I even eat mushrooms. Mm-hmm. And by the time you know, like 30 minutes into the experience there, at least in the last couple of experiences I've had, I, there's not this like giant wall that I have to chip through Mm. like mental wall of like, it's okay. It's okay to let go. Like it's okay. You know, Mm -hmm. which was a pretty major theme. Mm -hmm. So, um, and we see that with, with people too that are eating mushrooms for, they're they're not very experienced needing mushrooms and kind of see them kind of like chipping through this Mm -hmm. entering into the spiritual realm for the first time Mm -hmm. um and and letting go of that so yeah Mm -hmm. i mean maybe the uh challenge or i don't say problem but the block that we have is we separate the two you know mm. we we separate the material from the spiritual the psychological from the shamanic or and the lines are they're just ever blurred mm. you know mm-hmm. um this painting this physical painting right here i can easily apply a spiritual I mean, the painting of a shaman so i could very easily apply and the person that painted this and gave it to me and all that um but even, you know, thinking about like a couch or the microphones, very, very material things that we might not apply a spiritual perspective to understanding that this is all an outcome of someone's imagination. Mm-hmm. And that imagination comes from this intuition that comes from this ineffable world, this spirit world, if mm-hmm. you will. You know, so everything is like infused all together. Mm-hmm. And if there is a detrimental perspective that we have um, in modern Western culture. It's probably this attempt to distinguish the two when they really can't be. Get down to it. Yeah, wow. There's a lot there. Um, It's tricky because it feels like sitting here talking with you, uh, there's so many layers to it, but like sitting here talking with you, I'm like, well, this is way more physical of an experience than a spiritual experience. You know, like that would be my first Mm -hmm. thought, Mm -hmm. not saying that that's true. Mm -hmm. Um, because when I become still, I, I feel that, Oh, it's a spiritual experience Mm -hmm. and a physical experience Mm -hmm. at the same time. And also having the mushroom experience and feeling how, non-physical it feels Mm -hmm. um Mm. it yeah and again like not necessarily true Mm -hmm. however it it feels that way uh in a large part because it's like we can't oftentimes use our physical uh you know equipment (laughs) (laughs) not that we can't but for novices certainly like there's it doesn't feel like there's any use yeah. for the hands and the body yeah. and yeah much less the phone or the other 
Like, sure. The the other tools that we move, use in this further away from spirit. You know, if if our spirit is our center, you know, and our awareness expands out from that. Yeah, the further we get from that center, the harder it becomes to. Yeah. 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 There's a. It's more like a. Like this is. It feels like it's not. It's not this, but it feels like it's a limited physical or limited spiritual accessibility mm. in this state, mm. you know, combining like maybe I'm missing something here and I would love to to learn that I can't have this experience, but working on an Excel spreadsheet whilst, you know, speaking with my ancestors in another realm like mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like it can live in the same moment mm -hmm. that's not necessarily true uh but it sure feels that way most of the time like mm -hmm. well i mean you can consider the nature of your work and how it contributes to spiritual growth and all the ancestral history that's led you to where you are now and all mm -hmm. that like I think the nature of what we're doing makes it much easier to, for me anyway, to apply mm -hmm. a spiritual lens on mundane tasks. Um, yeah, I, indeed. The 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 subject, one of my favorite subjects that you brought up of sex, I think is a great place to also explore this interface of the physical, non-physical world. Mm -hmm. You know, you can have a, I think most people do, as a condition of this Western materialistic paradigm, have a very material experience with sexuality um but as you understand like some of the emotional states that you can access the quasi physical experiences like like chills like i think about cold chills right like when you're really in that in that moment and it just like you're something else lights up inside mm -hmm. of you mm -hmm. you know it, that is a powerful way to also kind of expand awareness into these other other realities. It's so interesting to me and, and, and seems to be part of the design that the mushroom is this ephemeral physical object, right? They're here and then they're gone. They last just a few days at, mm -hmm. the, you know, at the most for, for most of them. Mm -hmm. um, and you have to eat it. You have to grow it. You have to nurture it and care for it. And then it provides this spiritual, mystical, ineffable experience. I, I just feel like they're, I feel like that that design cannot help but bring some sort of reconciliation for us humans between these two worlds. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, when you're bringing up sex, like, the more I sat with it as you were talking, the more I feel like that is such a potent example um, that's so related to this conversation. Mm -hmm. Like sex being spiritual mm -hmm. uh, was not something that I even considered up until uh, like maybe 10 years ago, like shortly before we met. Mm. Like somebody would have said that to me like 15 years ago would have like not even been able to hear it. I don't think I would have mm -hmm. even been able to consider it mm -hmm. um, because I suppose my association with spirituality was religion. Like they're the same, mm -hmm. like is what I thought. Right. Um, and like sex being like religious, like what sex mm -hmm. is, is <laughs> icky or like sinful or whatever, mm -hmm. according to religion, how mm -hmm. can they be, you know, is what I thought. Mm -hmm. um, but now it's so, it's more and more obvious to me that it's inherently spiritual. You're, you know, you're, it's the beginning of creating life. Mm -hmm. It's, that's the essence of it mm -hmm. is creation. Mm -hmm. um, and like that, just talking about sex like there's a spectrum there, just like this conversation of, mm -hmm. um, you know, looking at the, the data on paper, whatever. And, and then like the more mystical side of it. I'm thinking of the 
the <clears throat> EKGs that they run on people while they're having orgasm, like what your brain does on sex. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. It's all great information to have, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't want to turn this into a podcast about sex, but we no. could. I was, I was just definitely primed for spirituality growing up. Catholicism, um, particularly mystical Catholicism, appealed to me. Uh, some of the ascetics and monks and, and those that would go off in these spiritual quests. And I, I from very, I mean, in high school, I was reading some pretty deep spiritual texts and eventually got into some really esoteric and, and, and still do stuff. But I think every single topic, you can look at everything. Right now I'm looking at the water jug, right, or like the plants, Water jug is spiritual as fuck. Water is water is like so spiritual, mm-hmm. so spiritual that we perceive it as this chemical material thing, um, and it is that too, you know. So the psychedelic experience is a psychological experience, and it's a spiritual experience. To say whether or not it's more one of the other, I think, is probably a disservice, um, and doing that like continues to try and apply this again materialistic understanding of it uh so it's just something that is so beautifully observed and and participated in it's like when people had talk about like somebody was telling me on linkedin that me suggesting that facilitators should have a practice in dosing i'm just like and they're like you know how that is like trying to peer pressure people into taking substances and like <laughs> what the fuck this is the safest most amazing medicine on the planet, like one of them anyway, so safe, so incredible, so rich, so much exploration there. Why the fuck would you not want to do that twice a year? Nobody's saying take mushrooms every week. That's really interesting. Uh, Yeah, that level of resistance to having um, your own practice, like having accountability for your practice. I mean, you would never... Even think twice, I don't think, about suggesting that a personal trainer works out, has their own let's, workout let's, practice. Let's save this conversation okay. for the full episode. <laughs> I will go off I guess on there a rant. Are a lot of, I will. <laughs> there's a lot of, yeah, that's why we're having a whole episode about it. Yes. Um, yeah, well. I guess where, where I would like to see more of an adjustment i guess i I feel like is in both ends of the spectrum and that's going to take i I suspect that those who are in the material psycho psychiatric psychological camp are more likely to move towards the center than those who are in the way left woo-woo camp now this could be my own you know discriminatory uh perspective but it's I feel like it's harder for the for the ungrounded. I don't know if that's true, but when I think about, you know, some really flaked out folks and you know <laughs> I no, no offense. No offense. No you offense if you're out a folks. fucking flake. <laughs> <laughs> you can step forward now. Just <laughs> But Yeah. It's it's yeah, it's just gonna be interesting to see how this all unfolds. Uh yeah, that's an interesting thought. That's not really something I'd considered. Think, like think is it more likely for folks. people to soften into like from the cold hard facts into more of like an intuition? Yeah. Like your neo shaman, um, you know, I can think of I remember years ago when we did that uh ceremony for your friend who had a nephew that died of an overdose uh-huh. and we got to her place and there was that guy there that was like gave himself some native american name and mm-hmm. he was like you know feathers mm-hmm. and all the stuff all around i wonder if he has become more grounded over the years or if he has trended toward or stayed stayed in that realm it happens it does happen i feel like I, in a way i feel like you have become more grounded over the last yeah i mean i'm not tripping mushrooms three six times a month so that's you know 
that's, that has contributed contributing to <laughs> yeah. some stability. Right. But I'm well, yeah, much more we're... like in believing in the spirit world and we're going to see fucking a a guy that's that true. channels aliens for yeah. my birthday. Right. But in the sense of you you just feel more you feel so much more uh approachable now and that maybe this is not um, no i think it's not exactly yeah specific it feels like it's related though i mean you feel when i first met you you know reflecting on that Mm. you were way more like out in space is how i felt Hmm. i mean like you were way more um like living there than in like in conversation with other people and you know real world yeah. not real world um Grounded that's not the term way. but uh yeah you're just more relatable now like and able to move in different environments and like types of people and populations ex- of people extremely anti-establishment like I was very yeah. like living almost isolated and on that farm and taking mushrooms all the time. But right. And so being around other people and helping. I've definitely got friends that uh, when you and I met that friends that were, I mean, way out there, mm-hmm. like complete woo woo, like woo woo in the sense of, and that's so derogatory. Like, I don't like to say that because that, that can be a really important part of someone's journey is, mm-hmm like just letting fuck go of Mm -hmm. all the thinking and the analyzing and it can look like someone's you know a flake Mm -hmm. uh it quote unquote a flake right now in the moment but like it it is important for it was important for me to be a flake for a year Mm -hmm. i was never like a complete flake i Mm -hmm. i've always maintained responsibilities uh, to some degree but Mm -hmm. and kept to those responsibilities and commitments but Um, it was important for me to let go of all my analyzing and like planning and, um, you know, to swing, to let the pendulum swing for a little bit and then Mm. come back, uh, to a more grounded place. So it does happen. I think you're right. I'm wrong. Sweet. I love that. (laughs) No, seriously. (laughs) Uh, and, and again, this is me being, applying that judgment, right? Like this is. Everybody is on their own individual journey. Everybody's going to evolve and shift over time. Evolution is inevitable, even if it takes lifetimes. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we're probably all going to come closer to center as this story unfolds. Mm -hmm. Yeah, We we need all of it. Do you think that generally... And it's hard. Maybe we we have a bit of a skewed perspective here, but in in general terms, is the psychedelic movement more um, more grounded or less grounded, or more clinical or more shamanic overall? Right now, like again, you, you, you versus... meet you meet a lot of folks, and again, like we we get. A bit of a skewed perspective, perhaps, yeah. um, because we are, you know, a church, operating a mm-hmm. church. Um, but like when you're doing discovery calls with people, mm-hmm. are you seeing more people who are on the woo side mm-hmm. or more people who are on the non-woo side? Uh, hmm. So, <sighs> comparing to talking with people in Jamaica. Okay. So that was a different mm-hmm. container for experiencing the mushroom because like front facing on the website was, you know, do you have PTSD, treatment resistant depression, anxiety, and, you know, research says, you know, it's very like research, 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 mm-hmm. diagnosis, diagnosis, treatment. Uh, whereas there's really none of that language on Sanctuary's website now. So... Even still, like, there's not a lot of quote-unquote woo-woo people that I meet that come to sanctuary. There's, it's like the majority are professional, well-researched 
people mm-hmm. who have this was not an impulse decision for mm-hmm. them to be going through a membership process. And we do have that's another thing that sets us apart is we have a process. So it's not so mm-hmm. easy to mm-hmm. make it to step five. You know, mm-hmm. you have to go through, jump through some hoops. Um, so that weeds out people. I know it does because you see, there's a lot of people that don't make it to the discovery call. Yeah. 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 So yeah, the majority of people feel like pretty grounded as in they've got businesses or careers or you know they have had successful careers and they're retired and they've got families and i love the kinds of therapists that we're seeing coming into sanctuary because they are grounded in that you know historical exploration of personal experience but also um you know keep a foot in the world of intuition Mm -hmm. uh, and unknown yeah Yeah, it does feel like there's more of that, like therapists who are willing to like question what they were taught, you know, Mm -hmm. like just because this is my training and their own experience, what my, my license says I can and cannot say doesn't mean that it, it's, it's truth Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. period. So that's cool. So, like, where is this going, like, over the next hundred years? Are we going to revert back to, like, just tribal spiritual experiences? I think so. I feel like we are. I think so. But I, think, I hope, anyway, we um, embody uh, what, you know, Terrence McKenna talked about in this kind of um, – Techno shamanism, yeah. Know? Techno shamanism, you, good, yeah. Such a good term. I love LED. <laughs> LED shamanism. LED lights, yeah. Uh, yeah, I can see that. Like embracing technology and seeing, like we've had this conversation some that the mushroom is a technology. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously not like of human orient, but um, or design, but it's a technology that we're utilizing, like combining the alien technology. Well, I mean, it, it's arguably, arguably becoming more of a human uh, modified technology. You know, we've got True. a lot mm-hmm. of new strains that were never there. And we're, True, as yeah. we do learn through science, you know, how the, uh, how the different compounds and the entourage effect of different components within the mushroom can be modulated, you know, impact the experience the nature of the experience i think that's the fucking jam man like there's like a lot of um i think there's a tendency for us all self-included to be like ah oh, human shouldn't fuck with this thing that it is but like that's what makes every single thing we have you know they're even like i love this talk i love the conversation around native and non-native plants right if you look at the amazon people there's a lot of um, kind of, oh, we got to keep things as they are. There is substantial evidence that the entire Amazon was a man-made creation, that it was a planted garden, that the Amazon is not just a bunch of plants that just happen to grow this way, that it's a fucking engineered food forest. So many of the trees and stuff that we have here in Kentucky and whatever that we think of as native Mm -hmm. species are not native species. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's been something for me over the years that has been an interesting blurring of the lines. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so to just kind of be open to the evolution, to, to, I'm speaking to myself as much as anything to um, stop value judging. Because we have we have this this interesting kind of juxtaposition of our desire for consistency, but our inclination towards experimentation, you know, and we so often criticize the outcomes of the experiments of others, you know, mm-hmm. not yeah. not realizing that. This is the collective mind evolving, mm-hmm. right? And that's a beautiful thing. So 
Again, this is just what I want to continue to take into my everyday perspective around the subject of psychedelics as I have reevaluated my criticism of kind of whatever Western classical models and, and just being more and more aware that everything is doing exactly what it's supposed to do. Yes, sir. I love that. Are you calling me Sir E? Sir E. Yes, sir E. <laughs> oh. Like Mr. E. Sir E. Sir E. Whoa. <laughs> I like that. Maybe we'll implement Mul that. Multiple interpretations for all aspects of reality. Oh, gosh. I love, um, without going on a tangent about this, just noting, I love the experience of realizing I'm criticizing s something outside, like, quote, unquote, outside of me, mm -hmm. like an organization and the way it's doing this or that, like, you know, to be transparent, like sometimes uh, someone will send a, a mushroom church website to me mm. and I'm like, Oh, here we go again. Some old, another mushroom church they coming up. Mushroom church. <laughs> you don't know. How to use <laughs> and I'm like, I look on the website and I'm like, Oh, shouldn't have said that. Oh, like, yeah. Mm, you know, just jumping right into criticizing them and like, I will catch it. Um, and be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like this could be a friend. This could be a really awesome ally. Mm -hmm. Like this group, holy shit, they're doing something so cool. Just like I'm doing, they're figuring it out. Like they're like trying. I mean, not all, there are some, some quote unquote churches that aren't really trying to be churches. They're just trying mm -hmm. to like sell mushrooms and which is great too. Like it is, you know, I'm grateful for that in its own way, but like just recognizing that instead of being competitors, we could be allies mm -hmm. and that we're well, yeah, all in it together. And, and not only can we be allies, whether we know it, we are. Yeah. We are allies. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that perspective taking into this world of therapy and, and hopefully, again, this is an outcome of increased consumption of psychedelics is that we will see more clearly that we are all in this together and that the distinctions are just constructs. They're mm -hmm. not nearly as real as we think they are. Yeah. And one more for us before we conclude this podcast. And Amy and I were sitting outside last night and talking about all kinds of stuff, but... um she knows some people in her past and I know I've got family members, uh, and people that I've known that, um, have an opiate addiction mm. and it's been like an up and down thing in their mm. lives and so many people in Kentucky. And, um, we have this Iboga, uh, or this funding coming in for Iboga treatment, um, as an alternative for what's not working. Hopefully. Hopefully. Still needs, still needs some advocacy, so feel free to call or write or email to the Kentucky legislature advocating for an adoption of Iboga research. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, maybe we can link that in the show notes. But anyway, um, thinking about 50 years from now, if that's implemented and it continues to build momentum, can you imagine all the people that are currently have just their lives are destroyed and their relationships are destroyed because of opiate addiction mm -hmm. and all those people having psychedelic experiences as the treatment mm -hmm. 50 years from now, mm -hmm. like that current state that we're in, mm -hmm. uh, which is insane to like conceive of how we've gotten here. Mm -hmm. Uh, so many people addicted to opiates and like turning it on its head mm -hmm. with psychedelic experiences. It could be like, yeah, just what a difference that could make. I believe very strongly that it is much more of a spiritual ailment than we're crediting it for. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, there's there's going to be some pushback. There's going to be folks who are very far into the uh, religious right, maybe, um, who believe, you know, we saw some comments after our... Uh, our fellow 
church leader, David Hodges, was on uh, Fox the other night. We had some folks come in and comment on Sanctuary and on my per- my personal uh, Instagram how we're, you know, drug dealing cult crazy folks, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but as we as we start to experience more the spiritual growth that occurs through the mindful use of psychedelics uh, and the clinical results, then we're going to be able to shift that perspective and shift that narrative. And um, yeah, just encouraging all of us to maintain an open mind. Uh, and, you know, I think Courtney and I exemplify this pretty well. It could always be better, but to to catch ourselves when we are judging and to really try to take a step back and again realize that we are all in this together that those very clinical material focused therapists who are uh, new advocates for psychedelic medicine are just as important as you know mm-hmm. the shaman down in, in Peru or whatever mm-hmm. you know we're, we're all part of this one big beautiful organism trying to understand itself through itself and its many reflections. Yep, yep. Can we talk about sex more, though? <laughs> or maybe we should just experience it so we can... Let's do both. <laughs> uh, let's do both. I like both. I swear to God, They I both really, feed into each other. I feel so compelled. I don't know how to can put this into what kind of format to put this in, man, but, you know, just like you're saying how you wouldn't have perceived sex as a spiritual thing years ago i think that is the vast majority of our population and that the fact that this incredibly essential aspect of our physical spiritual emotional health is not perceived as a multi-dimensional experience is something that there is a there is a a whole world out there to open up for people and psychedelics are going to play a major role in that they certainly have in my life and mm-hmm. i think yours as well so yeah you know, it's all tied together but just kidding we won't go off on that right now yeah thanks for listening you without you listening we wouldn't be having this conversation yeah, so right. thank you so much for being a part of it uh comment let us know your thoughts would love to know all right stay tuned for part two